Section twenty two of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jacob Starr. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section twenty two. When it was the five hundred and ninety-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the woman told the king where her house was, and appointed him for the same time as the wali, the kazi, and the wazir. Then she left him, and betaking herself to a man, which was a carpenter, said to him, I would have thee make me a cabinet with four compartments, one above other, each with its door for locking up. Let me know thy hire, and I will give it thee replied he, My price will be four dinars, but, O noble lady, and well protected, if thou wilt vouchsafe me thy favours, I will ask nothing of thee. Rejoined she, And there be no help but that thou have it so, then make thou five compartments with their padlocks. And she appointed him to bring it exactly on the day required. Said he, It is well, sit down, O my lady, and I will make it for thee forthright, and after I will come to thee at my leisure. So she sat down by him, whilst he fell to work on the cabinet, and when he had made an end of it, she chose to see it at once carried home and set up in the sitting-chamber. Then she took four gowns and carried them to the dyer, who dyed them each of a different color, after which she applied herself to making ready meat and drink, fruits, flowers, and perfumes. Now when the appointed trysting day came, she donned her costliest dress, and adorned herself, and scented herself, then spread the sitting-room with various kinds of rich carpets, and sat down to await who should come. And behold, the Kazi was the first to appear, devancing the rest, and when she saw him, she rose to her feet and kissed the ground before him, then, taking him by the hand, made him sit down by her on the couch, and lay with him, and fell to jesting and toying with him. By and by he would have her do his desire, but she said, O oh my lord, doff thy clothes and turban, and assume this yellow cassock and this headkerchief, whilst I bring thee meat and drink, and after thou shalt win thy will. So saying, she took his clothes and turban, and clad him in the cassock and kerchief, but hardly had she done this, when, lo, there came a knocking at the door. Asked he, Who is that rapping at the door? And she answered, My husband quoth the kazi what is to be done and where shall i go quoth she fear nothing i will hide thee in this cabinet and he do as seemeth good to thee so she took him by the hand and pushing him into the lowest compartment locked the door upon him then she went to the house door where she found the wali so she bust ground before him and taking his hand brought him into the saloon where she made him sit down and said to him O oh my lord, this house is thy house, this place is thy place, and I am thy handmaid. Thou shalt pass all this day with me. Wherefore do thou doff thy clothes, and don this red gown, for it is a sleeping gown. So she took away his clothes, and made him assume the red gown, and set on his head an old patched rag she had by her. After which she sat by him on the divan, and she sported him while he toyed with her a while, till he put out his hand to her. Whereupon she said to him, 
O our Lord, this day is thy day, and none shall share in it with thee. But first, of thy favor and benevolence, write me an order for my brother's release from jail, that my heart may be at ease. Quoth he, Hearkening and obedience on my head and eyes be it. And wrote a letter to his treasurer, saying, As soon as this communication shall reach thee, do thou set such an one free, without stay or delay, neither answer the bearer a word. Then he sealed it, and she took it from him, after which she began to toy again with him on the divan, when, behold, someone knocked at the door. He asked, Who is that? And she answered, My husband. What shall I do? said he. And she, Enter this cabinet till I send him away and return to thee. So she clapped him into the second compartment from the bottom, and padlocked the door on him. And meanwhile the Kazi heard all they said. Then she went to the house-door and opened it, whereupon, lo, the wazir entered. She bust the ground before him, and received him with all honour and worship, saying, O my lord, thou exaltest us by coming to our house. Allah never deprive us of the light of thy countenance. Then she seated him on the divan, and said to him, O my lord, doth thy heavy dress and turban, and don these lighter vestments. So he put off his clothes and turbaned, and she clad him in a blue cassock and a tall red bonnet, and said to him, Erst thy garb was that of the Wazirate, so leave it to its own time, and don this light gown, which is better fitted for carousing and making merry and sleep. Thereupon she began to play with him, and he with her, and he would have done his desire of her, but she put him off, saying, O my lord, this shall not fail us. As they were talking, there came a knocking at the door, and the wazir asked her, Who is that? To which she answered, My husband. Quoth he, What is to be done? Quoth she, Enter this cabinet till I get rid of him, and come back to thee, and fear thou nothing. So she put him in the third compartment, and locked the door on him, after which she went out and opened the house-door, and lo and behold, in came the king. As soon as she saw him, she kissed round before him, and, taking him by the hand, led him into the saloon, and seated him on the divan at the upper end. Then she said to him, Verily, O king, thou dost us high honour, and if we brought thee to gift the world and all that therein is, it would not be worth a single one of thy steps uswards. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and ninety-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the king entered the lady's house, she said to him, Had we brought thee to gift the world and all which is therein, it would not be worth a single one of thy steps uswards. And when he had taken his seat on the divan, she said, Give me leave to speak one word. Say what thou wilt, answered he. And she said, O my lord, take thine ease, and doff thy dress and turbaned. Now his clothes were worth a thousand dinars, and when he put them off, she clad him in a patched gown, worth at the very most ten dirhams, and fell to talking and jesting with him, all this while the folk in the cabinet hearing everything that passed, but not daring to say a word. Presently the king put his hand to her neck, and sought to do his desire of her, when she said, this thing shall not fail us, but I had first promised myself to entertain thee in this sitting-chamber, and I have that which shall content thee. Now as they were speaking, some one knocked at the door, and he asked her, Who is that? My husband, answered she, and he, 
make him go away of his own good will, or I will fare forth to him and send them away perforce. Replied she, Nay, O oh my lord, have patience till I send him away by my skilful contrivance. And I, how shall I do? inquired the king, whereupon she took him by the hand, and making him enter the fourth compartment of the cabinet, locked it upon him. Then she went out and opened the house-door, and, behold, the carpenter entered and saluted her. Quoth she, What manner of thing is this cabinet thou hast made me? What aileth thee, O my lady? asked he. And she answered, The top compartment is too straight. Rejoined he, Not so. And she, Go in thyself and see, it is not wide enough for thee. Quoth he, It is wide enough for four and entered the fifth compartment, whereupon she locked the door on him. Then she took the letter of the chief of police, and carried it to the treasurer, who, having read and understood it, kissed it and delivered her lover to her. She told him all she had done, and he said, And how shall we act now? She answered, We will remove hence to another city, for after this work there is no tarrying for us here. So Twain packed up what goods they had, loading them on camels, set out forthright for another city. Meanwhile the five abode each in his compartment of the cabinet without eating or drinking three whole days, during which time they held their water, until at last the carpenter could retain his no longer. So he staled on the king's head, and the king urined on the wazir's head, and the wazir piddled on the wali, and the wali pissed on the head of the kazi. Whereupon the judge cried out and said, what nastiness is this? Doth not what strait we are in suffice us, but you must make water upon us? The chief of police recognized the Kazi's voice, and answered, saying aloud, Allah increase thy reward, O Kazi! And when the Kazi heard him, he knew him for the Wali. Then the chief of police lifted up his voice, and said, What means this nastiness? And the wazir answered, saying, Allah increase thy reward, O Wali! Whereupon he knew him to be the minister, when the wazir lifted up his voice and said, What means this nastiness? But when the king heard and recognized his minister's voice, he held his peace and concealed his affair. Then said the wazir, May God damn this woman for her dealing with us. She hath brought hither all the chief officers of the state, except the king. Quoth the king, Hold your peace, for I was first to fall into the toils of this lewd strumpet. Whereat cried the carpenter, and I, what have I done? I made her a cabinet for four gold pieces, and when I came to seek my hire, she tricked me into entering this compartment, and locked the door on me. And they fell to talking with one another, diverting the king and doing away his chagrin. Presently the neighbors came up to the house, and, seeing it deserted, said one to other, But yesterday our neighbor, the wife of such an one, was in it, but now no sound is to be heard therein, nor is soul to be seen. Let us break open the doors, and see how the case stands, lest it comes to the ears of the wali or the king, and we be cast into prison, and regret not doing this thing before. So they broke open the doors, and entered the saloon, where they saw a large wooden cabinet, and heard men within groaning for hunger and thirst. Then said one of them, Is there a janai in this cabinet? And his fellow, Let us keep fuel about it, and burn it with fire. When the Kazi heard this, he bawled out to them, Do it not! And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and ninety-sixth night, she said, 
It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the neighbors proposed to heap fuel about the cabinet, and to burn it, the Kazi bawled out to them, Do it not! And they said one to another, Verily the jinn make believe to be mortals, and speak with men's voices. Thereupon the Kazi repeated somewhat of the sublime Quran, and said to the neighbors, Draw near to the cabinet wherein we are. So they drew near, and he said, I am so-and-so the Kazi, and ye are such an one, and such an one, and we are here a company. Quoth the neighbors, Who brought you here? And he told them the whole case from beginning to end. Then they fetched a carpenter, who opened the five doors, and let out Kazi, Wazir, Wali, King, and Carpenter, in their queer disguises, and each, when he saw how the others were accoutred, fell a-laughing at them. Now she had taken away all their clothes, so every one of them sent out to his people for fresh clothes, and put them on, and went out, covering himself therewith from the sight of the folk. "'Consider therefore, O our lord, the king,' said the wazir, "'what a trick this woman played off upon the folk, and I have heard tale also a tale of the three wishes, or the man who longed to see the knight of power. A certain man had longed all his life to look upon the knight of power, and one night it befell that he gazed at the sky and saw the angels and heaven's gates thrown open, and he beheld all things prostrating themselves before their lord, each in its several stead. So he said to his wife, Hark ye, such an one, verily Allah hath shown me the knight of power, and it hath been proclaimed to me, from the invisible world, that three prayers will be granted unto me, so I will consult thee for counsel as to what shall I ask. Quoth she, O man, the perfection of man and his delight is in his prickle, therefore do thou pray Allah to great in thy yard and magnify it. So he lifted up his hands to heaven and said, O Allah, great in my yard and magnify it. Hardly had he spoken when his tool became as big as a column, and he could neither sit nor stand nor move about, nor even stir from his stead. And when he would have carnally known his wife, she fled before him from place to place. So he said to her, O oh, accursed woman, what is to be done? This is thy list by reason of thy lust. She replied, No, by Allah, I did not ask for this length and huge bulk, for which the gate of a street were too straight. Pray heaven to make it less. So he raised his eyes to heaven and said, O oh Allah, rid me of this thing and deliver me therefrom. And immediately his prickle disappeared altogether, and he became clean smooth. When his wife saw this, she said, I have no occasion for thee. Now thou art become pegless as a eunuch, shaven and shorn. And he answered her, saying, All this comes of thine ill-omened counsel and thine imbecile judgment. I had three prayers accepted of Allah, wherewith I might have gotten me my good, both in this world and in the next, and now two wishes are gone in pure waste by lewd will, and there remaineth but one. Quoth she, Pray Allah the Most High to restore thee thy yard as it was. So he prayed to his Lord, and his prickle was restored to its first estate. Thus the man lost his three wishes by the ill counsel and lack of wit in the woman. And this, O king, said the wazir, have I told thee that thou mightest be certified of the thoughtlessness of women and their inconsequence and silliness, and see what cometh of hearkening to their counsel? Wherefore be not persuaded by them to slay thy son, thy heart's core, who shall cause thy remembrance to survive thee. The king gave ear to his minister's words, and forbore to put his son to death. But on the seventh day the damsel came in shrieking, and, after lighting a great fire in the king's presence, made as she would cast herself therein whereupon they laid hands on her and brought her before him he asked her why hast thou done this and she answered except thou do me justice on thy son i will cast myself into this very fire and accuse thee of this on the day of resurrection 
for I am aweary of my life, and before coming into thy presence I wrote my last will and testament, and gave alms of my goods and resolved upon death, and thou wilt repent with all repentance, even as did the king of having punished the pious woman who kept the hammam. Quoth the king, How is that? And quoth she, I have heard tell, O king, this tale concerning the stolen necklace. There was once a devotee, a recluse, a woman who had devoted herself to religion. Now she used to resort to a certain king's palace, whose dwellers were blessed by her presence, and she was held of them in high honor. One day she entered that palace, according to her custom, and sat down beside the king's wife. Presently the queen gave her a necklace worth a thousand dinars, saying, Keep this for me, O woman, whilst I go to the hammam. So she entered the bath, which was in the palace, and the pious woman remaining in the place where the queen was, and awaiting her return, laid the necklace on the prayer carpet, and stood up to pray. As she was thus engaged, there came a magpie, which snatched up the necklace while she went out to obey the call of nature, and, carrying it off, hid it inside a crevice in a corner of the palace walls. When the queen came out of the bath, she sought the necklace of the recluse, who also searched for it, but found it not, nor could light on any trace of it. So she said to the king's wife, By Allah, O my daughter, none hath been with me. When thou gavest me the necklace, I laid it on the prayer carpet, and I know not if one of the servants saw it and took it without my heed, whilst I was engaged in prayer. Almighty Allah only knoweth what has come of it. When the king heard what had happened, he bade his queen to put the bathwoman to the question by fire and grievous blows. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 22. Recording by Jacob Starr. Salt Lake City, Utah. November 18th. 2011.